the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's according to John 10.10. And today we begin a new series Pastor Sean started recently at River City called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. This is going to be good. And it starts with introducing the forerunner, the opening act. It's John the Baptist. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Real Life Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. That's where the title of our series came from, didn't it? The difference is when Elvis left the building, the show was over. It was like everything died down. Let me just tell you, what we're going to learn is when Jesus leaves the building, that's when the good stuff starts happening, okay? When Elvis left the building, show's over, go home. When Jesus leaves the building, great stuff happens. That's the name of our series, Jesus has left the building, rediscovering the biblical Jesus. There's a danger that we have, I think, in keeping Jesus in the building or making our Christian experience all about the building. And, And it is, it's a common problem. We think of the church, we think of a building. It's not. Church is people of Jesus living in community out in the world together. When when we keep Jesus in the building, it gets sterile, becomes about rules, becomes about things that we can kind of write down and study in curriculums. And hey, the scripture tells us to study. Don't get me wrong here. What I'm saying is when we talk about Jesus Christ Um, We're talking about something that no building can hold. The graves couldn't hold him. Certainly, there is no building on the face of the earth that can hold him. And it's one of those, I think, terrible ironies of the Christian faith that we have made it so about the building. And uh, we're going to break that open in the context of this series. Now, I think there is what I would consider, I guess, the most marketed question of the last 30 years. Okay, more stuff, and it is that simple question, what would Jesus do? You familiar with the question? What would Jesus do? I'm sure you've heard it. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. The problem is people don't know the answer, and they go around, okay, what would Jesus do? And they've got that question on their minds, but then some of the things that people say Jesus told them to do or they think Jesus would do, you're like, oh my gosh, what Jesus are you talking about? Where did that Jesus even come from? There's a pastor, was a pastor, he's now a prisoner. Large Indiana megachurch. Just, just this year, he was sentenced. 55-year-old guy, married, had an affair with, at the time, a girl 16 years old, started counseling her, and he told her it was the will of Jesus that they be together. Isn't that nice? You blame that on Jesus? I get ticked off when people blame everything on the devil, okay? I know the enemy of our soul, Satan, does a real work and contempt. Push. But the bottom line is a lot of stuff is our flesh and us just doing what we want to do and say, the devil made me do it. And that's a bummer. 
But it's like way worse when you say, Jesus made me do it. And it's something like this. Well, this guy got 12 years, and I think uh, the part that breaks my heart most is him taking some child and telling her, this is the will of Jesus, knowing that she'd buy it. 2008, a lady named Donna Marie Redding faced murder charges for killing her common-law husband. She told authorities her husband used the Lord's name in vain too often, so she shot him, and Jesus told her to do it. Watch your tongues, gentlemen. It's all fun and games till someone gets shot. Of course, didn't Charles Manson say the, the Beatles in the Bible told him to do it? He was going to try to call, bring about, he was one of the judgment, angels of judgment in the book of Revelation, and he was going to cause a great race war that would destroy a third of the population. Crazy stuff in Jesus' name. And sometimes it's, it's stuff that people do, and then they go, I'm not sure Jesus told me to do it, but I did it anyway. L- little things. There's a discussion forum online, dumb things christians do and it's them telling their own stories one guy burned his whole cd collection in an emotional retreat because they told him it was like evil and then he came back burned all his cds to honor the lord and then he realized the lord didn't hate his cds i'm not saying there's not some cd i've heard some cds that should be burned just on musical merit alone but one person on that discussion forum wrote the most stupid thing i did though was to badger my wife to be a better christian i would point out how she was not living up to what god expected in really unkind ways in the name of jesus you are terrible something that i don't know if you've ever run across and you have to be careful because man you don't want to get into pointing fingers and judging people hearing the lord or not but the bottom line is i've known a couple different people i, I knew one person a lady who was very godly but she would always kind of be going along and to validate the fact that she heard from the Lord like more than anybody else, after something had happened, she would go, I prayed this morning and the Lord told me that was going to happen. And I'm like, well, why didn't you say it this morning? Because honestly, what you then can see happen if you're not careful is spiritual manipulation that begins to happen. I do believe God speaks to people. But you can manipulate other people because how do you argue with God told me to do it? Ladies, you ever had a guy come up to you and say, God told me we're going to get married. And you're like, oh, no, he didn't. I serve a loving God, not like that at all. I mean, those kind of things thrown around. I, I knew some people who no matter what they wanted to do, they could find a way for, to say, God told us to do it, this is God's will. And then when it turned out bad, they go, well, the Lord must have wanted us to walk through this hard circumstance. And, and folks, you want, again, please, I caution you, it's not about sitting and judging I want to be very careful, but you got to admit, some really stupid things have been done in the name of Jesus. And I think it breaks the Lord's heart. Because see, that's why the question, what would Jesus do, is a great question, but it's not the first question. Like I told you, it's the second question. The first question is, what did Jesus do? Because Jesus is not schizophrenic. Scripture says he's the same. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you want to know what Jesus would do, you must first know what Jesus did do. And that's what this entire series is all about. Being able to walk together through the Gospels and answer the question, what did Jesus do? So we can become people who honestly can say to the best of our ability with God's strength within us, we're able to do what Jesus would do in our lives, our jobs, our families, our situations. Because that's really what Christian discipleship is about, following Jesus. We talked about that's really the secret to being a follower of Jesus. Remember? Actually following Jesus. Now, we're reading through the Gospels. How are you doing in your Gospel reading? Are you reading? Several of you, yes! 
The rest of you, <coughs> losers. <coughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Come on, it's a chapter a day. Seriously. I've talked to several people like, oh, I'm behind. It was like day two. You can't even be that. It's, you didn't start then. That's me. You didn't start. <laughs> okay, no condemnation, all right? We're not going to condemn. I'm just telling you, it's a chapter a day, and you're looking at Jesus. You read one chapter. This last week, we read Matthew 1 through 7. Don't worry about it. Don't go, I got to catch up, so I'm already defeated. I'm seven chapters down. I can't ever. No, start today with Matthew 8, okay? And just start, Lord, what am I learning about you? And read it with fresh eyes. Jesus, a real person, God in the flesh, walking among us. Read those Gospels with fresh eyes. What did I learn about Jesus as I read that passage? And Lord, what do you want to say to me through that? Just those two simple prayers as you read those passages. What did I learn actually about the real Jesus walking among us? And what does that say about me now, filled with this spirit, called to be Jesus' hands and feet extended, walking in our culture. Very powerful practice. Very simple. Today, Matthew 8. This week, Matthew 8 through 14. Chapter a day. Do not weenie out of this. Seriously, it's one chapter. And I believe there's going to be great power this. And our small groups are going to give us opportunity to talk about that. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, get on board with this because, man, if we get a picture of who Jesus really is, it'll change our lives. That's what Paul said. I preach nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Okay, so today going to get started, and it's called Introducing Jesus. You're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, as you're hearing the first message in a new series called Jesus Has Left the Building, and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find the first few messages on the sermons link at reallife.org, and then you'd be caught up to hear the rest live when you visit River City Community Church. And here's Pastor Sean with an invitation just for you. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to let you know about a series we're beginning, really more a journey of discovery called Jesus Has Left the Building, Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. Now, Jesus Christ is one of the most well-known, off-quoted, yet misunderstood personalities in all of human history. The church he launched changed the entire course of Western civilization and beyond. Yet sometimes it feels like that church has lost its way in recent years. Is it possible that we've forgotten the real Jesus? Or worse, reinvented him to suit our purpose or politics? We're hoping to start a very important conversation, and we'd love for you to be a part. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, right across from Atama Park. Service times are 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life. Our home on the web is reallife.org. So to find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome back as we now dig into the Word. This is Real Life Radio. In the book of Matthew, we're introduced to Jesus. And I want to turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading verse uh, chapter 1, Matthew 3. I'm just going to start at the front. Um, before we're introduced to Jesus, we're introdu- introduced to Jesus' front man, okay? John the Baptist. And that's exactly what he is. Listen to what the Scripture says. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Listen, John's clothes were made of camel hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. Now, we are familiar with the descriptions of John the Baptist, aren't we? 
These people weren't. And I want to tell you, when you talk about guys wearing camel hair, he's eating locusts and wild honey, this guy's a crazy man. And his message is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What would we even compare John to? I think there's only one thing that comes to mind. And it's the guy who's sitting on the street corner on a box saying, repent. Your sin will find you out. The kingdom of God is at hand and you're going to miss it. Repent because your sin is killing you. Repent. We look at that guy and we get scared. Seriously, we see, we see that, that street preacher on the corner and we're like, oh, dude, that's not very balanced. Look at him sitting there. The judgment of the Lord is real. The judgment of the Lord is going to find you. Repent while there's still time. And we're like, oh, God, please. And we're sitting going, that guy doesn't look at all like Jesus. Well, he looks like John the Baptist a lot. And remember, the first message John preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what the first message Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 4 after he was tempted in the wilderness? Since you're doing the Bible reading, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we look at John and we see a crazy lunatic as they would have seen him. And we're told this is the one that Isaiah prophesied about. A voice calling in the wilderness, making straight the path, preparing the way for the Lord Jesus. Let me just tell you, um, John was not what they expected. They all had studied Isaiah. They knew there would be a forerunner. It was not John that they were looking for. Now, we're told he was different. He wasn't just a wild man on a street corner screaming and people ignoring him going, who let him out of the home? No, no, they listened. In fact, verse 5, we're told people went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region of Jordan confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees, listen, and the Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, I need to get on the box for this. He said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? These are the most distinguished religious leaders of the day. Everybody looked up to them. Many of the young men growing up in this very religious culture aspired to be like them. And John saw them. You brood of vipers, who who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God could raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And can you imagine those distinguished religious leaders who were used to the best seats at every banquet, the front row at every event? Can you imagine as they listen to this man speak to them? with the power of the Holy Spirit and with conviction about their need to repent. He's calling out the most righteous people in the entire culture. Let me just tell you, John was not what these people expected. And that's a good thing because he's about to introduce a Messiah that's not at all what they expected. But Matthew had already kind of clued us in by the time we get to chapter 3, hadn't he? In chapter 1, we read about the lineage of Jesus. And he shows this lineage, and it's all men to show the royal line of Jesus because the birthright was passed through the male to show the birthright of Jesus from King David. And even he went back to Abraham to show that Jesus was of the line of David. 
He had the right to be king by his birth and by his place in their culture. However, there are five women listed in, this, in that passage in Matthew chapter 1. Five of them. One is Jesus' mother, Mary, just mentioned as the wife of Joseph. The others are Tamar, who became pregnant by her father-in-law by posing as a prostitute. That's Genesis chapter 38. I'm not going to talk anymore about that. I'll leave that for your small group leaders to help you sort out. Ask them some questions about that. That's good. (laughs) I'm going to get beat up by small group leaders in the foyer afterwards. It's happened before. (laughs) So Tamar is listed. Rahab, who was a prostitute who God used to save Israel with Joshua, you remember that, she's listed in that lineage of Christ. Ruth, who was from Moab, she was a Moabite. They weren't even to intermarry. And then, not specifically named by, her name's not actually given, but Uriah's wife is listed, Bathsheba. That was all about scandal of the great king, King David. It's fascinating. What is listed is these women, and they're all from, they're foreigners, There's scandal surrounding them and the men that they were with. Matthew is showing us, yes, Jesus of the line of David, but he's showing you there are Gentiles in this line. He's showing you there are sin, sinners and broken people in this line. It's not what they expected at all. He's born in a barn. I love that. My mom used to yell at me, what, were you born in a barn? Leave the door open. I go, no, but Jesus our Lord was. She loved that. She hit me in the face every time. <laughs> Look, Jesus is going to heal you now. How about that? <laughs> He's a fugitive from birth. You remember he had to flee from Herod. An entire generation of boys in the city of Bethlehem was killed because of Jesus. He had to flee to Egypt until Herod was dead. Not at all what they expected. And what I want to say to you from the very beginning as we get ready to t- take this several-month journey following in the footsteps of Jesus you're taking notes please write this down because it's really important jesus isn't always what we expect but he's always what we need you need to get this because we have such a culture jesus is especially us as americans has been so ingrained in our culture so many of our regular sayings that we throw around people don't even know they came from the scriptures they came from jesus we need to understand right up front what these people would have understood jesus isn't always what we expect but he's always what we need He isn't always what we expect. In fact, I dare say he's often not what we expect. Because you know what's interesting? Scripture tells us he's God. And one of the things I discover the more I follow Jesus is he's God and I'm not. And there's something inside every one of us that kind of wants to be God in our own life. And we are confronted with who Jesus really is. And he doesn't meet our expectations, totally defies them, exceeds them, blows them out of the water. It doesn't matter. We have to decide how we're going to process that and what we're going to do. Jesus isn't always what we expect, but he is always what we need. Now, listen to what John said as he begins to teach them about Jesus. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire note that phrase he will baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire so john baptized with water for repentance 
But the one who comes after, he's not even fit to carry his sandals, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork, in other words, his fork for separating, for clearing out, is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There's that reference to fire again. See, <clears throat> baptism with water, and it's a really important part of New Testament Christianity, it's about what we do isn't it? It's about what we do. When I am baptized in water, I am saying, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. Jesus has changed me. The old person that I was, I'm repenting. That's why John talks about a baptism of repentance. I am turning that old person who I was, that person doesn't live anymore. Romans 6, we, I'm buried with him in baptism, raised as a new person. Baptism is that statement that says, I am surrendering my life to Jesus. I am repenting and I am following him. Baptism with water is about what we do, our decision. But John's saying there's another baptism, and it's not about what we do. It's about what he does. And it's significant, and it's powerful. A couple observations that I want to make throughout the passage, and I'll just make them. This is the first one. You can write this down if you're taking notes. Jesus comes to clean house. Jesus comes to clean house. When it says he comes to baptize with the Holy Spirit, baptize comes from that Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. He comes to immerse with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus comes to clean house. See, that's what fire does. Listen to when John, the, the follower of Jesus, the disciple, in his epistle, John chapter 1, when he introduces Jesus, he gives us some phrases that John the Baptist said on one occasion that Matthew didn't record for us. John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. See, when we're talking about the baptism by fire, we're talking about the cleansing, the purging of sin. It's like fire has a purifying effect. It's like when you take metal, precious metal, gold, and you put it in the fire, the, the impurities or the dross, as it's called, rise to the surface and can be moved away so that what's left is pure gold. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, we are told our God is an unquenchable. Our God is a consuming fire, is what it says. Hebrews 12, he talks about there's going to be a shaking so that whatever can be shaken will be shaken away, but whatever can't be shaken, the pure, the gold, will remain. And then the writer of Hebrews says, our God is a consuming fire. You see, that's what we're talking about. This is the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. And the way he's going to do that is not only by taking away the sin of in his death on the cross, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But he is, by this baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, he is going to purify, cleanse, and make new every single person who surrenders their life and begins to follow Jesus. And it is a baptism of fire. That's why both John and Jesus made the statement, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. And see, that's where this gets uncomfortable, Okay? this is a part of Jesus that the world has a problem with. This is a part of Jesus that I think we sometimes have a problem with. Because as long as Jesus is saying neat, sweet sayings, and he looks really cool on a plaque and very non-threatening, sometimes almost effeminate and just 
loving. You have to understand that is not at all the way that Jesus is presented in the scriptures. And when we start to confront this Jesus and he starts to say, oh, there's something in you. I love you too much to let that go on because I love you. And I want to deliver you from the sin that would otherwise destroy you. And so by the spirit, that's got to burn. That's got to go. What's funny is it's real easy for me to look at certain other people and see what needs to burn in them. Oh, get them, Lord. Mm. They need the spirit and fire on them. Sometimes it's not so easy to see the stuff that needs to burn in this preacher. Because see, this is a process. I don't see it. As long as we've got the Holy Spirit, there's that purifying. There's that cleansing. There's that renewal. God making me into the person, you into the people that he wants us to be. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll continue this new series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. It's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But we invite you to do more than just hear the word, but to see and to do when you join us at River City Community Church. Located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, you can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to let you know about a series we're beginning, really more a journey of discovery called Jesus Has Left the Building, Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. Now, Jesus Christ is one of the most well-known, oft-quoted, yet misunderstood personalities in all of human history. The church he launched changed the entire course of Western civilization and beyond. Yet sometimes it feels like that church has lost its way in recent years. Is it possible that we've forgotten the real Jesus? Or worse, reinvented him to suit our purpose or politics? We're hoping to start a very important conversation, and we'd love for you to be a part. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, right across from Atama Park. Service times are 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life. Our home on the web is reallife.org. So to find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.